You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Abby. And I'm Sarah. Today we are going to share a day in our lives. But first, let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Abby? Very excited to say that I am planning a royal wedding watch party. (laughs) Nice. I think when this episode comes out, the royal wedding will have just happened. Mm -hmm. But my plan is to wake up early because of the whole British time thing. It starts at 4.30 a.m. here. Oh, my goodness. Don't know that I'll get up that early. (laughs) (laughs) But in the Evite for my party, I invited folks to come over at 6 a.m. Okay. I was going to say, and which of your friends are going to be (laughs) arriving at your house in the dark hours of the morning? I already have some RSVPs. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And so... The wedding itself starts at 7 a.m. Eastern time, so we'll watch the wedding, and then we're going to have a brunch potluck with mimosas. (laughs) That sounds fun. I'm very excited. What about you? I want to talk about my inability to choose paint colors. (laughs) Followers on Instagram might have seen my post. Let me start back in 2012. (laughs) So when we moved into our house in Austin, we painted every room in the house. We nailed the bedroom color. It was great. The main living room color turned out to be a mint green. Had to go back and change it. It was terrible. (laughs) HP's room, I thought we were getting this light, nice blue. Nope. Really bright and in your face. Still left it. It was a kid's room. It was fine. (laughs) Guest room was medium. We didn't end up repainting, but it wasn't amazing. So it wasn't a great track record. In this house, I didn't feel the need to change any of the colors when we came in, but we're redoing the bathroom. So this was my first opportunity to test my paint choosing skills again. (laughs) Still terrible. (laughs) And for the record, I suggested to Neil that we get a sample can Mm. and put it up on the wall, Mm -hmm. as all of the experts suggest. He was opposed to that because he doesn't care and (laughs) he feels like that's just a waste. I don't care that much either. I hate doing research. I just want to get it done. So we go to the paint store. I'm with E. And I've heard great things about the woman who works there that she is amazing at picking colors. Mm. And I thought, great, I can just ask her. Well, she's busy with this other customer. Mm -hmm. And it seems like they're picking colors for her whole house. Oh, wow. I mean, they're clearly set up on this big table going through. So I don't really have time to sit around (laughs) and wait. Got things going on. So I thought, it's fine. I'm just winging it. So I'm looking through the sample colors. Choose one I think is going to be good. Bring it home. We put it up on the walls. It's terrible. I mean, it is this bright blue. And this has happened to me more than one time where I say, that could not be the right color. That's not what I chose. The swatch did not look like this. And I thought that in Austin with the mint green color. And then I go back and I'm like, oh, it is the same color. (laughs) I just have no ability to vision what that looks like on the wall. I think that's really hard. Like going from a tiny swatch. Yes. Or even if you get the bigger swatch, seeing it in the lighting, in the space that you're putting it in, that's a really challenging thing. Yes. And then all of our lovely listeners commented about places that I could do some paint research to get good ideas. (laughs) And I thought, yes, I should have consulted the internet and (laughs) should not trust my instincts. So this time I thought I was going to be able to just go with it and embrace the bold and have this really bright, happy color. I told Neil we would just come out of the shower and be ready to face the day because it is (laughs) such a bright color. But in the end, I could not deal with it. Did a little internet research, got a new color, went there to go pick it up. 
then I see it on the swatch and I think that looks a little too gray. Maybe I should pick a new color. <laughs> so I choose a new color, winging it again. <laughs> what? Bring it home, put it on the wall to make sure that it's okay. And it's much better. It's still a little darker and fairly bright, but it has lots of gray undertones and mm. looks much better. So it turned out okay that time. Winging it went okay the second time. It did. Because I was really close to the color palette of the other one, I think. You know, I was just moving over to be a little bit more blue and less gray. Okay. But lesson learned, just get a recommendation from the internet and do not ever trust myself to go into a paint store (laughs) and come out with what it is. Or a small swatch can of paint is much less of a waste than a giant can. It's true. Although, as much as I've criticized this blue color, I am considering putting it in our kitchen (laughs) because our kitchen is so drab and monochromatic that to me, it would really give it a facelift. Do not recommend. I don't know. I still might do it. It's a very happy color. If it's too much in a small bathroom, it's going to be too much in your big kitchen. We'll see. Report back. All right. Let's move in to talking about what we've been reading. Today, we have a very special reading section for you listeners. (laughs) We're going to talk all about Inspector Gamache. Yes. You've heard us talk about it before. Abby chatted about it back in the fall when I believe you were on the fourth book. Mm -hmm. And then again, you had said it was some of your favorite fiction books that you read last year in our reading roundup. Yes. But since then, we've both completed what is out of the series, Mm -hmm. which is 13 books, And so we thought it was time for a friendlier gamache update. Let's start by sharing our history with the series. So listeners have heard this before, but I started reading these as part of my virtual book club. I read the first book and liked it. I thought it was fine. But then I didn't read them again for months after that. Mm -hmm. But when I picked them up in the fall, as previously discussed, I started reading them and I didn't stop until... I was through the most recent one. What about you? So I was intrigued when you talked about them, but I'm not usually a mystery person. Right. So I didn't immediately put it on my list. But then I was looking for a fun read and read the first one over Thanksgiving, really enjoyed it. And then I think I waited a month and over Christmas break, I was visiting my parents in Missouri and also wanted just an easy, engrossing read and got the second one. Mm -hmm. And from that point on, I was just blowing through them until I got to the last one that I finished up a couple weeks ago. So we clearly love these books. (laughs) What exactly is it about them that you love so much? My top favorite things are how much the town is a character in the books. I love the love stories in the books, especially between Armand Gamache and his wife, Ren Marie. Mm-hmm. And in addition to all the other things I love about them, one thing that I did not expect in reading them is how much I would learn about Canadian culture, Yes, especially the tension between English Canadians and French Canadians mm-hmm. and how that sort of plays out in politics, which is a background for the whole series. I knew nothing about that before. And I find it really fascinating. I agree with everything you've said. I just love the setting. Mm. I am planning a vacation to Quebec after reading this. We do not live that far away. Right. It's not happening this summer, but it will be happening. So fun. 
I also really appreciate how there is intrigue and intellectual engagement with the story and the mystery, Mm -hmm. but you don't feel scared, which is my least favorite way to feel while I'm reading. (laughs) I hate suspense books and thrillers. I would say the only exception is the end of the first book. Uh And I feel like after that, that element is not in the books. I also really love all the food descriptions, Mm. and I think that's part of what makes the setting so charming Mm -hmm. is hearing about all the amazing food they eat together in community and at the bistro. Yes. You just want to live there. Yeah, and go to dinner at Clara's house, right? Yes, all the time. So we could keep going on about the things that we love, Mm -hmm. but no series is perfect. So let's share our least favorite parts of it. So some of the books are a little draggy for me. Hmm. They feel like they're developing slowly and I don't really care to keep reading except that I care about the main characters and so I'm going to keep reading. And that's especially true, I think, in the later books when she's not killing off people we've necessarily met before. Mm -hmm. And so I don't really muster up the will to care about whoever it is that dies. And so sometimes that's a problem for me. Sometimes it doesn't matter because the things that are consistent through the rest of the books and the character development of the main characters is enough. But in some of the books, it's not. Interesting. I also don't always care about the person who dies, Mm -hmm. but that has not taken away from the books for me, that particular aspect. I mean, clearly I still read and love them all, Mm -hmm. but I think I love some more than others because of Mm -hmm. how much the focus is on that person and their people. I can see that. I think for me, because I read them so quickly, some of it starts to feel really repetitive with the way the characters are presented. Mm. and. I love how many characters in the town you get to know over time, but some of them felt a little too pigeonholed in a box Mm. of this is who they are. We're going to talk about the same aspects of their personality. And they started to feel a little bit flat to me. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that would have been the case if I had spread out my reading a little bit more Mm. or if that is just part of the way the books are. It might just be having a 13 book series. Even for me, Ren Marie, love her character, but it's almost like she's a little too good and a little too understanding. I feel that with Gamash too. Generally, I think that darker side of human nature is really portrayed well in the books, mm. but then some of them feel a little too much on the other side for me, that it doesn't feel realistic. How are you so noble? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I've definitely felt that before. Exactly. So we were going to each list our favorite books from the series and our least favorite books. But it turns out we have a lot of favorites, Mm -hmm. so it probably would not be that helpful. (laughs) Right. But one thing that I noticed as we were doing this is that my favorite books come later in the series. Mm. And I loved them at the beginning. But to me, it isn't until book six where things really get going. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that speaks to the strength of the series, that it continues to get better, where I don't think that always happens. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, because the only book that I have given three stars on Goodreads is the first one. Mm. Some of that is that reading this series is not happening in a vacuum. So you're reading in the context of what you already know about the characters. And it's enjoyable because it's comforting, because they are familiar, and the setting is familiar, Mm -hmm. and the food descriptions are familiar and fun. 
And so if you have tried this series or if you want to try it and the first book is not your favorite, keep going because it does get better. Agreed. And I think it gets more complicated as you learn so much more about the political aspects that you mentioned Mm -hmm. in terms of what's actually happening in the police force and in Quebec as a whole. And that comes out more as you go through. So it's not just about the storyline of the murder that's happening. The more interesting parts to me are that backdrop and what's happening there. Absolutely. Well, I think that is enough gamash for today. But any listeners who would like to chat Gamash with us, we are always game. And we can't wait for November when the next book is supposed to come out. Cannot wait. So today we are going to go through the details of A Day in the Life. And this is something I've seen a lot on various blog posts, and I've even done these posts before, where you're really just listing out what you do, which sounds quite boring. (laughs) So we'll see how it goes. (laughs) But I think there's something really fascinating about hearing the mundane of other people's lives and pulling back the curtain a little bit to see more of other people's everyday reality. Let's start at the beginning of the day. How did your morning go? So I woke up at 6.50, which is a little earlier than usual because Plum was coughing, just like an allergy thing. Mm -hmm. Got her ready for the day, then handed her off to Andrew so that I could shower and he could take her to preschool. Did a few emails to set up phone interviews for later in the day connected to a story that I was working on. Then I went to my yearly well woman exam, Trader Joe's, and to an acupuncture appointment, which was awesome. Then I Zoomed home from there to do one of the phone interviews for the science writing that I was doing. So I woke up the first time at 6.15 when I heard E. But Neil gets up at that time anyway. Mm. So he got up and actually she went back to sleep. And then I woke up for the day half an hour later, made my coffee while listening to the latest NPR politics podcast. And then I used the Calm app to meditate, which is something I just started doing this week. And it is amazing. Love it. Then I took my coffee and started reading my book. But five minutes later, it was interrupted when E was actually up for the day. She and I hung out for a little bit. And then HP woke up maybe around 740. Mm -hmm. He usually wants to eat right away. But we have a rule now where you have to be dressed before we do breakfast. Mm. After lots of trial and error, figuring out what works best to get us out the door. Mm -hmm. But we all ended up climbing up on the top bunk and reading one chapter from a boxcar children book. Fun. And then that got him in a really good mood, went down, got dressed. I made their breakfast, which for us is a real hodgepodge. (laughs) He just lists out things he wants on a plate. (laughs) And you put them on there. Yeah. Like frozen corn, bread with jam, apples and peanut butter, and these little date pieces. Kind of a little picnic-y breakfast is what's been working for us. (laughs) At that point, I hopped in the shower and got ready. I came out to realize I'd missed an alarm. So we set an alarm for 8.15 that is the shoes on, go to the bathroom, brush teeth alarm. Mm. So it's that final push out the door. And we have also had a lot of experience struggling with that. Mm. And having an 8.15 alarm has been a relatively good solution. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it's perfect, but I think it gives some weight to the idea that we really need to leave. And takes it out of just your hands. Yes. And I think it gives them a little bit more of a sense of control because I'll Mm. say things when I'm going into the shower like, okay, 20 minutes until the alarm goes off, just so you know how much time you have to play. 
Right. But I missed the alarm because my phone was on silent, Mm. which happens with alarming frequency because I keep it on silent at night and then forget to turn it back on. And now that we do the alarm, we get a lot of, no, no, the alarm hasn't officially gone off. Oh, because they didn't hear it? Yeah. So (laughs) I just pressed news because we weren't in that much of a rush. It was fine and made sure to turn the sound on. So... We were a little later, but eventually we did get out the door. Uh I made lunches during that extra 10-minute time. And then bike to school drop-offs. E goes first and then HP. And then I biked to the library to do podcast editing for Family Pedals, which I did until noon. So then I was doing an interview, and I need to pick up Plum at 1230. And they're strict about pickups. Mm -hmm. But this person I was talking to just kept talking and talking. Mm. And it was really helpful. It was really good for my story. But I also was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) And normally I would walk to pick up Plum. Right. But I ended up having to drive to get her to make it on time, which was fine. Mm -hmm. So I grabbed her, brought her back. She's eaten usually at school. But when we picked up her lunchbox, she looked at me and she said, mess. (laughs) And I said, oh, was lunch a mess? And she said, yes. So opened up her lunchbox because sometimes she'll finish it up before she goes down for rest. Mm -hmm. And I'd packed yogurt and crackers. And it turned out that she had put all the crackers in the yogurt and made like a paste and like smeared it all over herself, the lunchbox, probably the table at lunch. Right. So I said, did you want to eat something else? And she said, yes. So I got her like a little cheese and fruit so that she would make it through her nap. And then read books, put her down for rest. Then I Facebooked for a while, played Candy Crush, procrastinated. I needed to do the transcription of the interview I had just done. Mm -hmm. And I had another interview, I think at 3.30 that I was getting ready for. But then she coughed herself awake. Because she was still having this post-nasal drip. Oh, no. So she was up and I was still needing to work. So she watched Daniel Tiger for about an hour while I finished up the transcription that I needed to do and did the other interview that I had planned. Then she and I hung out for a while. We read some more books. I played the ukulele, which is something I'm doing every day, which is really fun. I'm getting really good at wheels on the bus. (laughs) (laughs) Great for your repertoire. Yeah. So that was a nice afternoon. So I left the library around noon And biked very quickly to (laughs) our food co-op because I had to get stuff for dinner that night. This has been a recurring problem of not having enough food and not meal planning in advance and having to go to the grocery store almost every other day to solve that problem. Been there. Yep. (laughs) So went, super speedy grocery run, biked as fast as I could to go pick up E from preschool And then instead of going home, we stopped at the park because we were meeting up with a group of friends to hang out and then also to plan we're going to have regular summer play dates. Mm. And so it was getting that group of people together to kind of talk about what we want that to look like and what day would work for everybody. Yeah. It was one of the first really warm days here. And by Mm. really warm, I mean maybe upper 70s. Feels so warm after winter, though. Yes. After it was snowing earlier the week before. Right. But the park was really a happening place with the nice weather. So it was very busy, ran into a few other people I knew, just hung out there socializing and letting the kids play until a little after two. E at that point was just wiped, Mm. I think, with preschool all morning and then being outside when it is warmer than she was used to. She spent probably the last... 45 minutes of us being there with me just holding her and her sitting on my lap and drinking water. Mm -hmm. 
And I think part of that was it was hot. And part of that is just the park was so busy. Mm. And that's part of her personality, too, was there was just a lot happening. And so she often likes to just come hang out with me in a quieter place when that is going on. So we made it home and she did some playing outside while I started work on cleaning the kitchen and doing dinner. Mm -hmm. I would say in the past few weeks, things have been looking pretty rough around our house. (laughs) And just in terms of actually having dinner happen and the general feel of the home has been, let's just say the bar has been lowered (laughs) even more. And today I went in and was trying to get the kitchen back in order, unloading the groceries that we had, and then making a real meal, which is also something I haven't been great about lately. Mm-hmm. And I'll actually talk about our meal in the food section. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> and while all this is happening, E's playing outside. And then she came in and just went up to the top bunk and was reading to herself for a really long period of time. And that's pretty normal. She often does a lot of independent play. Awesome. And I try and accomplish things in the afternoon. And I feel like I used to really get the house back in order in the afternoons before dinner. Mm -hmm. And that has not been happening. But I've been accepting just doing damage control, which is what I feel like I was doing that afternoon. And Gretchen Rubin had a suggestion, I think, in her first book, The Happiness Project, about whenever you leave one room, take something with you. Mm. And so I was doing a lot of that, of just, I'm not getting this whole area uncluttered, but... I'm keeping it from descending to a total pit of disgustingness where there really is no place to step on the floor. (laughs) And usually we would be going to go pick up HP, but today his grandparents were picking him up to hang out with him and bring him back to their house for dinner. So it was just the two of us. Fun. So after our afternoon, we walked to meet Andrew at a work happy hour. We picked up cheese fries and a burger on the way to eat at the bar. Mm, Nice. We actually sat outside and ate our food and visited with his work friends and some other folks that were sort of adjacent to his work, which was fun. Then we headed home. I sort of did the damage control, cleaned up the kitchen from the day, picked up the house while Andrew did bedtime with Plum. Then I sat down and transcribed the interview from the afternoon and started writing the story. But that was interrupted with much procrastination in the form of Facebook, texting with you, talking to Andrew, playing Candy Crush, researching things that have no relevance on my current life. Like forest schools, right? Yeah. We were texting about that. (laughs) Then I eventually finished my story early in the morning and went to bed. So what time is early in the morning? What was the final end? to the day. 2 a.m. That's pretty late. Yep. So E and I had an early dinner together because I was actually going to a happy hour as well. It was the first day of bike month and there was a gathering of bike folks at a local brewery. So Neil got home a little bit later than I thought he was going to. He's usually home before five, but I think he had a later meeting. So he got home around 5.30 and we kind of do the chat exchange info on what's happening with the kids in the house and life. And then I biked down to the happy hour. It was a lovely evening for that. And it was one of those things where it's so hard for me to work up the energy to go out in the evening. And I almost skipped it to Mm. just stay home, finish up things around the house, have a regular evening. But I thought, no, I'll be glad if I do it. And 
I was glad that I went. <laughs> Only stayed for about an hour and then came back home. E was in bed, but not asleep. And HP had come home from the grandparents' house. Mm-hmm. So he and Neil were reading together on the couch. E heard me come in, so I went in to say goodnight to her. Bedtime has been a whole thing in yeah. our house. And then I came out and took HP into the backyard because I thought that might help E go to sleep if she wasn't hearing in the next room over us reading books to HP. Right. I thought we were going to read out there, but we ended up just talking. He decided he wanted to plant trees in these little pots and put soil in it so that he can sell them to mm. make money. Great. So we ended up working on that project for a while and chatting about growing trees and checking on the strawberries in the garden and also eating redbud flowers, which our neighbor told us are mm. edible and highly nutritious. And HP loves eating things out in the world. He also <laughs> ate a lot of violets that night, which mm. apparently are also edible, which a different neighbor told us about. Yeah. So he was just shoving violets and redbuds <laughs> into his mouth while we were hanging out outside. He was kind of losing her mind at that point. So Neil and I switched and I went in with her. And the thing that has been working to get her to go to sleep, which is something Neil instituted, is telling her that we're playing a game where she has to keep her eyes closed, but that we'll come back and check on her. And when we check on her, she can open her eyes. Mm. So she'll do that where she's squeezing her eyes super tight shut. And then we go out and we try and do a couple quick check-ins and then extend the time. And she was exhausted. The whole bedtime deal has been for various reasons that all made sense at the time. Our kids got used to us being with them when they went to sleep. Mm-hmm. And we are trying to walk that back to the way our life used to be before. Yeah. That has been met with resistance from the other parties involved. So she was overtired, and I think it gets even harder. Yeah. But after one check-in, she was asleep playing that game. And then Neil and HP came in. He got him ready for bed, put him down. I went in to just say goodnight to him. And then... Neil and I ended up sitting on the couch chatting for about an hour, which was really nice and not something we do every night, especially when the bedtime situation takes as long as it does. Yeah. And after he got ready for bed, I continued texting with you about various things until around 1030, I think, is when I finally got in bed. That's the end of the recounting portion of the day. Looking back on it, do you feel like this day was pretty representative of your life right now, or did it feel atypical? It was a pretty typical day. Typically, when I have childcare, I try and do a lot of things, so fit in appointments that I don't want to do with a toddler in tow. Mm-hmm. And in the afternoon, I do try and work usually while plum naps. It was not typical to go out on a weekday evening. Mm-hmm. But it is, unfortunately, typical for me to stay up late and write Mm. and also to procrastinate while I'm doing so. (laughs) It was also not a typical day in that Tonks, our dog, did not have a poop accident in the house. She's been having a lot of fecal incontinence, and that has been happening just about every day. So I was really thankful that that was not the case. What about you? For me, I would say the morning was really typical. How things went getting out the door... Usually in the mornings when I have childcare, I go to the library to do podcasting things and editing or interviews. Mm -hmm. The part that was less typical was doing an afternoon get together with friends Mm. and the fact that I wasn't doing the pickup at school, which is usually a 
fixture of every afternoon. Right. But really, when I think about it, it's kind of just the same thing, only different, because usually we end up staying at his school to hang out with people Mm. and let the kids play. And I talk with the other adults. So I was still getting that adult social time, kids playing time. It was just looked a little different than it usually does. Right. We also usually have all of us at dinner at home together. Mm -hmm. So it was a little different that Ian and I had an earlier dinner, then Neil came in and ate by himself, HP was eating with the grandparents. And like you, I normally don't go out in the evening. Mm -hmm. When I was looking back on the day, the other thing that stood out to me was the fact that I didn't really read. Hmm. I usually read every day for a decent amount of time. I think this day felt a little fuller than most days. Yeah. And also, I was reading a lot while the kids were falling asleep Mm. in their room or just outside of it. Yeah. And now that we're not doing that, it's just looking a little different. And I'm also usually in bed by 930. So the (laughs) fact that I was up to 1030 was a late night for me. I know. It was shocking (laughs) that you were continuing to text me. I was like, what time is it even? 10 p.m. How is Sarah awake? I had a lot to say. (laughs) Don't we always? (laughs) Is there anything looking at the day in this detailed way that made you think of things that you'd want to change or do differently or sticking points in your day? Or is it just sort of, yep, this is the way things are happening in our lives right now? So I keep thinking that I should want to get my work done earlier so that I can sleep. Mm -hmm. So I probably procrastinated for at least an hour and a half of the time I could have been writing if not more, which means, you know, I could have been sleeping for that much more time or been in bed that much earlier. Right. But I was just not motivated to do the work. And I think some of that is when I'm running errands or parenting or doing other work all day that I just need a break to veg out. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I could be sleeping more, but also I don't feel bad about how that went down. How many nights a week do you think that you're having those staying up late to get work done nights? Well, when I was doing all that work in March and April, Mm -hmm. it was a lot of nights, which was really hard and did not feel sustainable. But the day that we're talking about is the only night this week that I'll have to do that. And so I feel like once a week, it's fine. What about you? I think overall, looking at it, I'm actually feeling pretty great about our balance, Mm. that I feel like I really am using my childcare time to be productive Mm -hmm. and get things done that I need to, not at the house, but otherwise. (laughs) And that the morning routine has really improved and that there is a lot less conflict than there was a couple months ago about getting out the door where there was just frustration all around and felt like a really bad start to the day. Yeah. The biggest thing we're trying to change right now is bedtime and just getting back to having that be something the kids are doing more independently. Mm -hmm. I think that's also been hard with the time change that they're staying up later, but HP isn't falling asleep till nine or a little bit after. Mm -hmm. And I like to go to bed at 930. So that's been really hard to feel like we're doing these bedtime things up until I want to be sleeping and has made it so it feels like Neil and I aren't having conversations. Right. Which was so nice in this day that Neil and I did chat for an hour. Mm -hmm. But then I was up till 10 doing that. Right. So I feel like there's still things that need to be worked out. But I do think we're moving in the right direction with it. It just hasn't been achieved yet. (laughs) But I am hopeful for that change. You'll get there. (laughs) Yes. Well, that is the look into what a day in our lives looks like. 
Listeners, we'd love to hear from you about any thoughts you have on these days, specifically any advice for Abby re-procrastinating and me re-making bedtime smoother. Yep. Let's end, as we always do, talking about something we've been eating. So I thought I would highlight the dinner that we made on this day in the life. And it was one that I used to have in regular rotation and then just occurred to me over the weekend that we haven't had and that I had a craving for. And it is cauliflower and mushroom casserole. Mm, I'm intrigued. I love cauliflower and mushrooms. Well, slight disappointment then, because I actually used broccoli. So it's broccoli and mushroom in this case, but the recipe is for cauliflower. Also love broccoli. No problem. Win on the brassicas. (laughs) (laughs) So you make it by doing two cups of rice. I used the Instant Pot, cooked with the chicken broth that I had made from earlier in the week when we had chicken soup. Awesome. Then you saute onions, mushrooms, and broccoli in a whole lot of butter. Might have used a whole stick when all was said and done. Mushrooms just absorb all of that. You've got to keep adding the butter. It's true. And then pressed a couple cloves of garlic into that. Then you grate two cups of cheese. I use Swiss. I've also had a lot of success using really sharp cheddar Mm. that adds that nice flavor to it. Mix all of it together. Put it in pans to bake. And I think it's just 30 minutes at 350. And it's cheesy, ricey, vegetable mushroom goodness. It sounds really good. I have made a similar casserole in the past with chicken instead of mushrooms, but broccoli Mm. or cauliflower. Mm -hmm. And it calls for Havarti cheese, which sounds Mm. like it would be really good in your version of it. I like that. And I like that this is another one where you can make it earlier in the day Mm. and then have it ready to go in the oven. Right. And having a lot of those kind of recipes have been great for the school pickup situation because we do want to stay and hang out. Right. And then it's hard to get home late in the evening and not have something ready to go when everyone's hungry and exhausted. Totally. What have you been eating? I've been eating Kringle, which is a product I get from Trader Joe's. Okay. It is a delicious filled pastry circle. Fans of Girl Next Door podcast will have heard Erica and Kelsey talk about it before because these are actually made in Erica's hometown in Wisconsin. Mm. And Trader Joe's gets them throughout the year with different fillings. And so they'll get them in and have them. And then when they sell out of them, there's no more of that kind. But there is usually another kind coming soon. So I've tried a lot of the kinds, (laughs) but my two favorites are almond and pecan. So it's flaky pastry with a filling in there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a sticky filling. And then it has icing on the top. So it's a very sweet thing. Is it like a croissant or more like a donut in terms of the pastry? It's like a Danish, but a big one. Mm, okay. It's delicious. And I highly recommend if you are a Trader Joe's customer, you look for it the next time you're there. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Sarah, and with all of you listeners. You can find us on our website, friendlierpodcast.com, on Instagram at friendlierpodcast, or email us, friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. I started listing things and then I thought, rein it in. (laughs)
Then I see it on the swat. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> Settle in, folks. I'm trying to think what I said already. I am. Do you just want to start over? I do. I have no idea what you said. I do want to start over and be more concise. Yes. <laughs> Please do that. I love for you to do that.